Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Improv Network podcast. This is a series of conversations aimed at making stronger connections throughout the improv community. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are your education team for the Improv Network. You can go to theimprovnetwork.org to get all sorts of resources, including blogs and interviews, an improv FAQ page that that includes uh, these conversations, as well as a lecture series of videos on uh, common improv topics of question. Um, and uh, make a profile for yourself and for your improv team and for uh, your theater and festivals, which, uh, God willing, are coming back yeah. sometime this year, maybe. <laughs> it would be amazing. And uh, even if they even if they don't in person, um, the virtual festivals, there are uh, virtual festivals represented on the improvnetwork.org as well. So uh, check out all that. Um, our guest today is a very good friend of ours from the Detroit improv scene. Uh, it is Molly Lampy. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Yay. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> um, it's really great to have you on. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the uh, topic of conversation. You made a post a couple weeks ago about um, what I'll kind of blanket term destructive humor um, in comedy. And, um, I think the sort of summary sentence in there, uh, at least for me is that there's a difference between being, uh, sorry, there's a difference between a joke and being a total asshole. Um, and, uh, is a great yeah. post that captured, um, pretty succinctly, you know, it, 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 I think it's the type of post that could be like just a whole, whole long scrolly scroll. Um, but I think it captured, a. Uh, fairly succinctly um, the idea of uh, a joke being at the expense of someone else and being more destructive than it is actually funny um, and just generally being mean-spirited uh, whether consciously or unconsciously and um, there's a whole lot under that umbrella uh, and also there's a, a pretty extensive um, you know message thread uh, dialogue between people about in the ways to interpret what you were trying to say and adding to what you were saying or things around it. So, um, yeah, we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, can you kind of, I guess what I would wonder is, is like where, when you made that post in the first place, um, what instigated that for you? Uh, is it something that you've just been stewing for a while or was it something that kind of, um, was sparked, uh, from a particular event or something like that? Yeah. Well, um, basically it was stewing. It, it stewed for a while. It was things before the pandemic, during um, different platforms, whether it's like instances in the green room or instances off stage with conversational things at the bar or, you know, it not necessarily improv scenes. Sometimes, yes, but there is a buildup of things that accumulated over time. And um I've been doing a lot of thinking when you mentioned the biases and uh, whether it's conscious or unconscious, I've been doing a lot of um, coursework with that for my job as a speech pathologist. And so I, I kind of reflect back a little bit in different areas of my life and the comedy scenes, another area that I, 
I look at sometimes and I kind of hold us to a higher standard of how we construct jokes. Um, so <laughs> when right. things happen at times, I just kind of had a build up and that, that day I was, I write, I wrote it out. I'm like, ah, should I, should I post, maybe I'll just not post this. <laughs> and, and, um, oh, I, like, love that. I love that debate, that internal debate of like, right. yes, is this yes. smart of me or should I just wait a day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this the energy and the vibe that I had that day that I had the, um, mm. the ability to compose the idea but it was definitely something that I've just been reflecting on and talking about with people uh, over the years. So it was something that I was kind of surprised that um, that a lot of people were like, thank you for saying that. And it was kind of like, well, if we all feel this way. Then I guess we do right. really talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so nothing, nothing like I, I mentioned before, it wasn't like one specific incident that needed to be like legally investigated or anything right like yeah um well it, yeah i mean sometimes you walk away from like a a, a jam and i know uh, you know virtual okay. jams and and uh stuff like that can just even, even like even like sometimes in the comments you know I, I, honestly um i'm sure that this does happen more than i'm aware but um i'm surprised that i haven't seen or heard more of like trolling in comments on um live stream uh improv and whatnot because uh, it just seems like a um you know, easy target, low hanging fruit. Yeah. 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 For, yeah. That's interesting that kind of stuff, because but. that's so interesting because there was an article um, and I can like uh, put in the links or whatever later, but mm -hmm. it was on yeah, variety. Yeah. And um, she, this woman wrote, a, wrote about in the news stories after that mass shooting happened is I think six Asian women were killed. Um, the people in the comments were like making these horrible jokes um, and stuff like that, where like you think, that you would, we would also face that too, where these horrible jokes would come in and be more trolling going on, but there's trolling going on in these like very serious, horrible situations. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. yeah and like, I, what, I guess what that is that? really like, that's where, that's where trolls would have their most fun, right? Is, is something right. that should be taken seriously. Not, not probably not at a comedy show where they're like, yeah, that's already kind of the tone anyway. Um, right. So yeah, it's terrible. Uh, and I'm glad that it's not as, um, uh, spilling into uh, the improv world, it seems generally pretty fairly supportive, especially from the audience comments and, and whatnot. But um, it just sucks to see that stuff anywhere. Um, and and what what is some of like the most uh, when you see this type of humor? Let's let's define it first. Like you're talking about, um, you mentioned specifically sexism and um, chauvinistic remarks. Uh, being the the type of jokes um but are you talking you're talking more about destructive humor that could be about any sort of um discrimination or uh yeah. pejorative right joking yes. yes i and i i just kind of addressed it to the comedy scene because it's happening with within the scene too but um i addressed it to the comedy scene because i think we think about jokes a little bit more in the construction of jokes and our intention um and whether it's stand-up or improv or sketches, we think about this a little bit more. So when I see it happening within our community, I get a little bit more irritated by it. Yeah. Where like, so that Tim Robinson sketch, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but um, it, I don't know if I should break that sketch yeah, down right now. Basically, um, so from I think you should leave and watch it over and over, <laughs> obviously I think we all have, especially during mm -hmm. the pandemic, right. but, um, there's a scene where he's in a work meeting and he goes and sits down and he sits on a whoopee cushion and all the coworkers crack up and it's like a joke, but 
And then he <laughs> rightfully so gets into this like bit about like, what's the joke here that I have a slightly milder fart than no one barfed or like it's something like, <laughs> right. like what's the joke? Um, and it's a hilarious way of looking at that. But I, I kind of felt like that, that what's the joke, like asking people in those situations, um, that's a good way of kind of getting down to the core of what was going on. Um, and especially like during the pandemic, some of my friends who are working in person dealing with their coworkers, um, making jokes about how they're taking precautions or these serious things that right. make people really anxious. Um, and it's like, what's the joke here that you're making fun of me for being conscious about the pandemic and not wanting continuing to the spread of this and yeah. like people's lives? What's the joke? Um, so I think that that's kind of like the root of my, my post that I was making that looking at when you're in the situation with people that you could use that in the moment. Um, cause I think that's, that's the thing is we struggle with recognizing something, but then what do we do in the moment when we do recognize it? And I think yeah. that little, that little line sometimes, uh, helps me, uh, kind of look at it, uh, to more directly. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like basically we're asking a, what's your intent and why is that your intent? So was your intent to, to, to break the ice or, you know, make something uncomfortable, you know, get levity or is it, Hey, I, I feel uncomfortable. So I'm just going to react in some kind of weird way or, you know, are you trying to comfort yourself? Are you trying to comfort us yeah. or are you just trying to be shitty? Um, all right. I, I think not, it's... Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> or I was just going to say, or do you not know what to say? So you're just basically making a, that's what she said joke uh, because you can't add to the conversation. <laughs> and then that's the thing there too. It's like, if we can't add to the conversation, that's okay. You got to be just yeah. like comfortable with your silence sometimes. <laughs> and um, you just take up space to take up space or to, to show dominance or to show that you're still right. here and you're relevant and you want to be funny still. Um, yeah. I think that and I, I want to come from a place that I've been guilty of this too. And that I'm not saying like everybody needs to listen up. I'm taking it to the streets, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's weird. Your Molly impersonation <laughs> sounds just like mine. I'm always like, have you heard Molly talk? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm Point my finger at people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I like, I like when you don't when you point your finger at people. It's not even aggressive. You're pointing it's so up. Wiggle. Like, it's it's wiggle, yeah. That's how nice you are. <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah, I think that's an important thing that goes back into that like unconscious yeah. thing that you're doing at times. Is your um, let's just like break down like an issue I had in a rehearsal once where I set up a scene. I initiated the scene. And we, were, we were both DJs. I said, and we're performing at like a middle school or something so it was a fun i thought a fun setup where it could go right. into interesting place the person in the scene with me was like said something about how they don't like watching women succeed and it was just like the line was just like what what does that have to do with what i just said you didn't yes and me and then you just like took it to this like weird place where i think he wanted this person wanted to play a character who was dumb um but the scene worked out in a weird, uncomfortable way where I was kind of like trying to be like, why are you saying this about women? And then he's kind of going into this thing and justifying, justifying, and it was just uncomfortable. Um, 
So it's like in that instance, it was like, what were you doing in that scene? And it, it might have been an unconscious thing too. Right. That you wouldn't have said that line to me if I wasn't a female. And we the scene would have been a better scene in that instance. I know there's a lot of nuances with improv and I have it's hard to improv. It's hard to construct a sentence in improv, let alone like not make a mistake. You're gonna make a mistake at times and make say something. You're like, oh shit, I did not mean to say that. Right, right. We've and, all... <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. I've, but I, we've all been guilty of it. Yeah. Right. But then in a form or in a thread or in a comment thread or in sketches and stand-up where you have time to like think about what you're doing a little bit. Um, yeah, I kind of hold people to a higher standard and accountability that like are you are you just kind of like not respecting the artist in this instance or respecting the humanity of people dying in this instance? Like, what are you really doing and why are you doing it? Well, it probably comes down to you want attention and you're a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering like how, especially when people are doing something like this unconsciously, um, how to shake it can't just come from being told, right? Like, like there's, there's uh, definitely value in uh, having things like this called out or pointed to and uh, addressed. Um, but you can also very quickly take somebody who's doing it unconsciously and then will defensively um, feel attacked and then do it more consciously. Mm -hmm. um, so like, what, what is the, the best way for someone who's who to like reflect on the things that they're doing and be like, am I doing, are there things that I'm doing? That's like, that's like uh, this sort of destructive um, humor or, or am, am I, how do I make sure that I'm doing like more like um coming from a place of satire or coming from a place of like wanting to uh, use humor as a coping mechanism uh, because like things like the pandemic are, are uh, can be overwhelming if you don't have some kind of um, way to disarm the severity of it. And so like um, assuming that it's fair to use humor if, with that intention and, and that you can feel the difference, how do you make sure that like, what am I doing? How, how do I check in with myself to make sure that I'm doing things? Um, without being destructive uh and if i am changing <laughs> right yeah i think that's like a good point about um once you do approach that that there's maybe pushback or defensiveness um and part of it comes down to just like in general in life learning about your biases and understanding that your brain can't process everything that's thrown at it it's impossible it's like, I can't remember, it was like millions, of, billions of units of information are pushed at your brain at a time, but you like process a small percentage of it in the moment. So it's like, it's it's impossible to be truly aware of every little thing happening. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of resources out there. I think Harvard University has like a free test about like biases um, of things that you can look at in yourself and things you tend to do. Like for example, in a scene with your name, your scene partner, are the men in the scenes, they can be doctors, but the females will be nurses, stuff like that. Like little tiny right. things like that, I think are interesting to look at and just ask about yourself. Like, have I done this in the past? Did I, did I pimp somebody into doing something because of who they were? Um, and that you know, it's nothing malicious. It's just, it's this, just to acknowledge it and it, you can look at it and um, understand that we grew up um, 
and we might kind of go into this a little bit, but we grew up in a culture that perpetuates white supremacy, our curriculum, everything we see in the media. Um, so we don't, we don't have that awareness growing up. So when we start to unpack it, it's kind of painful. You know, you don't want, you want to be that person's like, oh, I, I wasn't the one saying these things or perpetuating that, but we are all in a way, and it's important that we're all just learning about it. Um, and, do, and, you know, changing what we're doing from there. I think we can't like go back in our old tweets and judge people and not let them host the Grammys and stuff like Kevin Hart, you know? Like, so sure. um, I don't know if you remember that story, but yeah, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's stuff like that that I think people are fearful of, of being canceled um, versus just kind of looking at the tendencies that you might have in scenes or in your content and kind of breaking down like, well, why am I punching down at this other group of people versus like using dark humor are, you know, are you the person um, like in Tim Robinson sketches, a lot of his sketches, it's about him being the idiot and, right. and doubling down. And I think that there's a lot of shows that we could break down and say, well, why is this funny? Um, and I think that there's some shows like maybe family guy or something you could look at and it's like, Oh my God, like why? It, it is dark humor, but it's like you're laughing at some things about other communities who are suffering and are marginalized and um, it, it sucks, you know, and it, it, it's not like suppressing freedom of speech. It's just saying, you know, I don't have to indulge in that. And there's other things that are funnier that aren't doing that. So, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's, it's OK to look at it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, cause I, and I'm not really honestly very familiar with Family Guy, but I, I, I can imagine your point from just the early days of it. And, uh, I, I did decide at a point that, like, um, I was like, I, I don't think I'd like this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I used to love it when I was a kid. And then now I'm like, oh my yep. God. Some of you outgrow it. Like, Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then, but then, uh, but then I wonder again. The intention thing is is like uh, what's his name? Self Seth uh, McFarlane, right? I, I do wonder. Like, is he doing it from a place of like um, irreverence and absurdity and and uh, satire, or like, or his writing staff, like whatever the show? I wonder about what what's behind it, and like whether it's just a different expression of um, things that I do think are more, get more of a seal of approval for being satirical. I think that like um, for me personally, like. Um, South Park is, is, is pretty impeccable about, um, you know, going on the uh, satirical offensive um, in every direction and, and kind of holding true to the, like, the um, the idea that, like, nothing should be taboo and that that is, a, is like, more of a driving philosophy in a, um, I don't know, in, like, a, a, a challenging, uh, constructive way, even though it's obnoxious and grotesque. Um, right. But, like... Yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes there's things that, that that just don't like ring true to you, especially when they're diluted through like like a um uh you know a show or music or or crafted you know comedy like like uh it it is very different as you said earlier, Molly. That right. with with improv, it's like very much on the fly. But like with stuff that's like written and, and crafted, it's it's like th there has to be some kind of um strategy to the person. Um, and and I don't always give people the benefit of the doubt, but I but I can't say for sure what their intention is behind like their own strategy for creating things. So yeah. I, I, I have a hard time sometimes uh, like flagging something for like, that's 
I might, I, I don't like it, but I'm like, I can't say for sure if the person behind it has the uh, ill intentions that make me uncomfortable about it's uh, the yeah. final product. Yeah. yeah. I think that's most of the things, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Molly. I was going to say, oh, that's interesting because uh, I think with sketches, especially, you don't know who wrote it. Uh, same thing with like yeah. TV shows, like the process of everything, you don't know who's behind it. Like stand up, you're a person on stage and you could see who's telling this right. so i feel yeah. like it's, it's a little bit different you're more accountable <laughs> yeah you're more accountable but then also your intentions a little clear because yeah. who you are is on stage like i had this issue with myself and um i took my sketch class at planet ant and i remember our sketch show i had um i written a sketch and it was kind of like right when the me too stuff was coming out and um i wrote the sketch and i and to me it was funny um but after i saw it on stage and get go through a couple rounds of shows I'm like man this is like preachy I didn't want it to sound this way you know like right. the thing is that like it, the intention is okay if you know Molly wrote it it's like different but you can't tell people who wrote what when you're performing a sketch and right. um it's, the intention's yeah. not clear right um, yeah. and so you could be a person from what's considered a, a marginalized or oppressed group but we don't know that you wrote that so it could once you just see whatever the content yeah. is, the, the intent is gone. Yeah. And I guess even if you know the intention, even if you know, then that I'm thinking too, that like, um, uh, I think that there's a lot of problems with fans of shows like South Park who think that they can do the same thing right? Uh, see, without, without a... having the same intention. And, and, yeah. and then it's like, and then sometimes it is like, well, I don't care how fucking good matt and trey are at it like maybe the trade-off yeah. isn't worth it when it's creating um a whole slew of uh writers or comedians that that are like like uh, south park does it so can i <laughs> like, right yeah and I, th I think that's the problem people getting into comedy have is they don't understand that south park does such a great job at for lack of a better term protecting their characters you know if a character says an ignorant thing is because there's some kind of bias or some kind of want they had that that is in conflict for them knowing a truth. So when they say something ignorant, you can connect A, B, and C and see why they would think that way and kind of understand that this is from an ignorant place. This is not what the world thinks or how we should think. This is how this one motherfucker thinks and they're dumb and we can laugh at it because only a, a really ignorant person would think that way yeah i think that's like a more like clear well yeah way to look at that yeah. too and know that like oh this is the character's opinion this right. is like a societal no uh, one's had a teacher like mr garrison <laughs> uh, it's it's that that guy would be arrested <laughs> yeah yeah i did and i did want to mention too that because one thing that i I put in that thread was um, um, it was about sexism I mentioned, but um, obviously there's within the community, there's punching at each other from women to women or women to men. There's also women doing some of these things because. Oh yeah. What do you mean? It. Like we talked about it before um, that like, because especially coming up the women who have come up in the, in the scene where it's, it's been mainly men um joined in on the boys club and so when another female is in the room you're like oh i well, no, like that's a threat we're raised the females are, are raised right. to be competitors um and so 
And I, I, I honestly, I felt that way, especially when I first was starting out, like, cause I was getting casted and things. And sometimes I was the only female in a showdown. And then, and I think Go did a pretty good job of starting to cast more women and making it more split. Um, but then once it started happening, I knew I could feel my, my brain being like, Oh, oh I gotta, I'm the only, I gotta be the only girl. And like, um, I think in the community, there is instances where women, um, are also perpetuating this, um, culture of not knocking each other down because it, men are, you know, we're all knocking each other down in ways, but right. we're doing it to women too, or just doing it to other people. I think that there's some, at times there can be some lack of accountability, um, in saying that like, oh, well, all the white men are doing this and this. It's like, well, you know, we have to also be accountable too and be models for what, what should happen. Um, within that kind of interaction so that was something that I kind of like felt like the post I know that no one can read it because my Facebook's private but I mentioned sexism and then everyone's brains went oh what happened to Molly oh god what happened yeah. Yeah. it's like well no this is it's not just this this is one element of how jokes are used um but it is right. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that too. That I think it's—I don't want to like come out here and be like, "Oh, the men!" Oh, like, <laughs> yes, it is that, but it's also <laughs> us females, white females, well, doing things too. Uh, well, yeah, and I, I appreciate what you're saying because I think it broadens things in a um, in a more uh, sort of. I can only think of it as in terms of like being a model of something that happens uh, is that like there's whatever the majority is. And then you have this, especially if there's like um, uh, even with the effort to be inclusive in a positive way, it's, it's, it's like, okay, well then the, as you start to build inclusivity um, you have to get past the threshold that feels like uh, tokenism, you know um, and where it's, where it's like, okay, well we got to fill our quota for, for whatever the minority is. Um, and then there, there's like sort of, um, tough things that come along with that too, of, of like, is this the reason that I'm being included is because of, um, my, what I bring, you know, inclusivity and diversity quota wise. Um, right. and then, yeah, you start bringing, uh, you have to, you have to like overcompensate to balance the scales. Right. So, um, it, it, it can be, it's a tough thing. Um, and, and in our culture, it dominantly happens with men with white men and uh, then including balancing the scales toward a uh, gender and uh, minority ethnicities. But I think it's something that, that is human nature. Uh, what you're pointing to is, is that like when you are a minority in a group and um, there starts to be more representation of that minority, you can also start to be like, Oh shit, this is my territory. <laughs> like I'm filling the token role <laughs> and like, you know, um, and it's it's a tough thing that that we have to find a way to like kind of just um cope with in a positive way and just be like this is this is it's a good thing to to, to make sure that we're all sharing the space there's a space enough for everyone and right. uh we're finding a way to build merits around why you're here other than who like what you are on the outside mm -hmm. right right and i and i and who you are on the outside matters your differences matter and representation matters too mm -hmm. um but yeah, that, that was something that I, for a long time, for myself personally, like growing up, I was always, I had a lot of male friends. Um, I was interested in male dominated hobbies. Like I play guitar and in music and 
sports and things like that. And um, so comedy was another thing, like it's just another thing that I was the only girl in. And so I grew up being like, I don't get along with girls. I just don't. And it's just like, okay, if I can't get along with half the population, is the problem the girls or is the problem me? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, this right. is like, you know, there's stuff like that that I think um, the last couple of years I've, I've done a lot of reflecting on. I think a lot of women have. Um, I've done a lot of reflecting on that and internalized feelings that we've had towards uh, feminism and um, feelings about not just mimicking what the the uh, male dominant traits are. Um, yeah, so I, I think that like, like I mentioned too, that I'm trying my best and growing my you know best I can, kind of reflecting back on things that I've said to people outside of scenes and in conversations or in scenes or and jokes and um that i'm not saying i'm innocent of anything either but, but i think it's like i think it's a good thing to look at and and as we are people who are creating and um can ask people in like different settings our work settings or our family set settings or different aspects of our life and be the person to talk about well what are you doing what are you doing here what are you really saying yeah <clears throat> I think another thing we should talk about is status. Um, I yeah. think uh, I, I know I've made jokes with people not realizing they considered me to have more status than them or and stuff like that, that, that I absolutely regret and feel bad about and wish I could take it back. Uh, but you know, I had to, I had to learn um, that just because you see yourself some way doesn't necessarily mean that the person you're talking to or quote unquote joking with is seeing, you know, mm -hmm. you might think you're, you're not, not punching down when you are. And that is something that, you know, another thing you have to take stock in, like uh, you may be joking, but to this person, this is, this is a bigger conversation than you thought you were having. Mm, so you have yeah. to be, yeah. That's interesting. The other thing, uh, yeah, like how you acknowledge though, that like, you know, going forward that you're aware. Yeah. You know, and then those instances by status, do you mean like teacher versus student or like. Or it, it, it can be anything like it's person who's done four showdowns and I've only done one, you know, like something, you know, people, I, I've noticed that, especially in the thing we do, uh, people are always taking stock. I don't think it's healthy. And, and maybe comparing themselves like, oh, well, Molly's done four written shows. I've only done one. So I better listen to what she says, you know, and oh. there, there's some there's there's some good that can come from that. Like, hey, you, what usually goes on during rehearsals and stuff like that? It doesn't necessarily mean that everything that person says is, you know, something you have to take stock in. But there's some knowledge or wisdom you can, you know, uh, I think people keep score too much. And, yeah. and that can be unhealthy. Yeah. No, I was just agree agreeing with you, piggybacking to say that, that, that there's sort of like a, um, uh, in improv, uh, sort of a self imposed like hierarchy that happens. Um, and, and it's so, it's so, I think that the part of the reason that like the comedy world and, uh, the improv world has had, um, it, the, the brand of struggles that it's had with um, changing for the better uh, against like me or in uh, in line with like me too, is that like it, there's, there's, it, it feels like it should be more structured than it is. Like it's very much a clubhouse and uh, 
you know, you don't get a certificate, a teaching certificate to like be a teacher or like uh, go through a, a real course most of the time to, to be a coach or whatever. But you you end up with these um, and, and, and there's something that's very like therapeutic and um, psychological about uh, improv and um, good coaches and good teachers can really get to the core of you in a way that um, feels very like like personal and um, like a therapist. And, uh, and so I think the, a, a big sort of side effect of that is that we, yeah, put on, on these weird pedestals, but, but, you know, each other or, or begin to like, like, uh, revere or idolize, uh, in, inside the community. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes, uh, or I would argue a lot of the time, um, people who receive that sort of adulation don't um, know that it's happening or don't want it. And are like, I just coach cause I love improv. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like trying to change lives or like, yeah. or like become anybody's um, guru, you know, like, and, 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 it, it, and so all of a sudden there's like this weird culty uh, hierarchy that, that yeah. uh, shapes up, you know? Yeah. There's like a, it's like a weird social experiment, the improv community. Yeah. Because the, yeah, there's a hierarchy going on, and then there's elements of you have these different power dynamics, and I think it's I you know I was going to shadow uh, an intro class and and start teaching right before the pandemic started, um, and I remember thinking to myself like I'm kind of nervous about this because things do come up as a teacher, and um, I think that there's a lot to to um, understand and learn before teaching improv. Because yes, you can be, you could teach improv and know these concepts and, and um, navigate eight people um, once a week. But then when somebody says something racist or says something sexist, right. or um, it, as a coach, the techniques to learn how to make a group come together or uh, navigating like a launch group or something like that, that a little bit on a bigger scale. Um, how, how do people learn? How do people, um, what, what do, what do people need to learn for their own specific needs and strengths and weaknesses and all that? I think that there's not necessarily a, I would assume there's not like a playbook for that. That's readily available, um, as the concepts are for improv, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I, I would. Um, I'm gonna find out what the answer to that is because I think there actually might be because there's um, like the Applied uh, Improv Network um, or uh, Applied Improv, you know, uh, is like more for like workplace stuff, and um, they might have something uh, along those lines as a resource. And and I just feel like uh, there there is probably a, a more literature than we would be aware of uh, about like the this type of application. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that, that actually might be yeah. useful to, to have well, on hand. <laughs> well, I, yeah, we'll have this like de-escalating. I honestly like, cause I, I worked in an outpatient clinic. Um, it was a, it was a mental health clinic, but we had a lot of uh, kids with developmental disabilities or delays. So mainly the autism. Okay. Um, so a lot of those kids, um, sometimes they get frustrated with their communication and they get violent and um, not saying this happens in our classes, but um, things can escalate sometimes and people have these heated conversations um, and what are the techniques that the the teacher who has to kind of maintain this like media or mediator position, like what are the things that they're going to do in the moment? That's like 
improv at the extreme, but mm-hmm, right. I, I know that like the kids I've worked with, I didn't know what to do when they would start throwing things or I have scars on my body from some kids that I didn't know what to do until I talked to a psychologist working there um, and talked about de-escalation techniques. And there's I, obviously it's like, and it's the same thing with like bystander training too. I'm, I'm taking a course in a couple of weeks about that. Like, what do you do when you see someone on the street getting attacked? Um, I don't know. I don't know those answers. And I think that those little things are are valuable to learn for your life. But then also for if you're if you you do have a responsibility, because improv is like a weird mix when you take a class. It is like this educational setting, but then it's also this like social setting. And yeah. there's a theater, yeah. and there's a bar, and there's like this dynamic yeah. that there's still a hierarchy. And yeah, it's it's um it's not a super easy thing to navigate i assume i i i personally would just like want an hr team <laughs> that just like has nothing to do with the yeah. theater and isn't at the bar they're just like this you know team of people because it's i i wouldn't know where to start with that as a teacher for improv yeah i know that there are um sensitivity training groups um that do come in and specifically work with uh I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's, if I just remember the people's improv theater uh, was having a, um, a, a teacher's workshop um, specifically about that. And it was with an organization that, again, these are things that I just need to look up and make sure that I uh, pin down the um, resources for, because they're all great things that um, mm-hmm. would be excellent to have on hand um, and be aware of. Uh, so I think that there is a training group that does that sort of, sort of thing for um, informal coaches and, and, uh, mm-hmm teachers and um that uh it's been utilized by improv theaters who are making steps uh toward training their their teachers in this way yeah yeah and i think that like creates a a way if you when when things come up and obviously out of like um if things come up especially like related to racism and we have all white teachers um who maybe not don't know how to navigate calling things out or feel comfortable with verbalizing things in the moment that that person um, who had to deal with someone being racist to them probably doesn't want to come back and take classes at the theater. So there's like, and then, then there goes another person that can offer finally another person that's not white (laughs) for the scene, you know? Um, So I think that it's all related to each other. It's all important. And um, it's just a lot that I've reflected on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So like, what would you hope that people's uh, main takeaway or, or like uh, kind of call to action would be um, reflecting on your uh, post or hearing this conversation? Like, what what are the most important things to take away from it? Um, I think just going digging into your own biases. There's all kinds of stuff. Biasy training is very important, and whether it's your own workplace, I, I think a lot of workspaces have started talking about it a little bit more. Yeah. But then also knowing just just like asking yourself, okay, what did I mean by that in that instant? Why did I why did I say that? Or other times I've done yeah. this, and going forward, just knowing that it's okay. But just having some more awareness uh, about why you're saying certain things about another group of people or another person um, 
basically just asking yourself. And I, I think there's some trolls out there that obviously need this the most. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, obviously like they're just saying these horrible, mean, terrible things because they think they're hidden behind a computer and, right. but they got their little, you know, shitty comment out and they feel better. It, it's just like a P, P, at its core. Like we see it. We all see it. Yeah. It's yeah. someone being a baby and they want some attention and they're going to say this thing to get a rise out of people and call it a laugh. But really you're just asserting, you're trying to assert dominance. You're trying to assert that you're present and that you're, you want attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the toughest question, right? Is, is that like, is there uh is there a type of person who is guilty of this? That's just too far gone. And, and or like right. not, not your response, not you per yeah. specifically, but like uh, for anybody thinking about this thing is it's like, it's not your responsibility to change that person. No. Or is it? And, and and it's like it's hard um, to to know what the role is if it's like okay, there's there's trolls who are guilty of this stuff, and it's like the the bullseye red flag that is what we're talking about. Right, and somebody right. who's running around doing that like is unlikely to, to uh, self reflect and change, or is probably past the point. And, and like, and I believe that there that somebody like that is probably has some sort of explanation for like, yeah, well like taboo and people take things too seriously and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like parts of it on paper can sound um, reasonable, but uh, I, you know, I, I think that like m with more empathy, they would probably come to realize that like I'm doing it the wrong way or, or uh, for the wrong yeah. reasons. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's like, my question is like, is like how, what I struggle with is what I should say is whether to write that type of person off and be like, what we need is you out of our lives <laughs> or yeah. to be, is the answer. What we need is to give you an extra level of patience to actually um, reach you, you know, and, uh, and maybe show you the type of empathy that we are hoping that you'll show to everybody else and, and, and really kind of like, uh, you know, connect to, to affect real change versus dismiss to avoid what we're, trying to distance ourselves from, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like, I think people deserve the right to grow and learn and not be canceled um, because they're not, sometimes they're doing it they're at a level they're not aware of, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so if the one thing that you could do for yourself is obviously be accountable. All you can do is be accountable for what you do and for yourself. Call, you know, calling things out, is, is a start, but like at the point of like what you're saying, like, how do we, when do we just like decide this person's like whatever? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think it depends. I mean, yeah, there at a certain point, um, people's comments can be, can become so belittling that it's a, and I've had this instant with somebody high up in the scene where, um, I was dismissed and I wanted to talk about a scene that I was in, in a show. And this person didn't want to talk about it with me. And they basically said, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. You're so cute in your hat. Like, and like, I was just like, Hey, I can talk comedy too. Why, why do you think I like, can't talk about this sketch with you? Um, so at a certain point, yes. Like if this person's high up in the scene, <laughs> and perpetuating this culture, then yeah, these things need to be discussed and, and um, brought to the attention of 
of people running the theater. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It just depends. Like the troll on the internet. Yeah. You can ignore them. I guess you can call them out. I don't get it. I don't say like, go comment on every single thing you see and be like, Oh, putting fires out on Facebook. (laughs) Like, no, that's not not really, I think it's more so the things in your real life that, you know, you can, you can obviously deal with, but yeah. At what point, I, I think it's that that per, you have to you have to bring it to their attention, and then what do they do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a series of edits, not a series of just like this person said this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. I love thinking about it as a series of edits. Yeah. yeah, 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 and just like well, a lot of what's happening in the country, a lot of things are just like you know, some statues are getting taken down. Fine, some of Dr. Seuss's books are gone. Fine, like. You right. can update your stuff. You don't need to read books to kids from the 1940s. Three books like... I've never heard of in my <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> and they're horribly racist. They're horrible. But, the, the, yeah. you know, the, the company decided, they said, you know, this is shitty. We're going to take it off the shelves. And everyone freaked out. And they're like, oh, no, Dr. Seuss. Oh, I love them. And I'm like, I'm still going to watch The Grinch this Christmas. But yeah. I'm not going to read those books to kids anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can update my bookshelf. You know, yeah. it's the same thing with, with jokes. You can update. Right, yeah, and that's what you're supposed to do as a human grow, (laughs) like. And I'm sure if Dr. Seuss was still around, he probably would have been like, Yeah, I I don't, man, I don't know what I was doing that day. Uh, it's fine, I can let those go. Yeah, I got sketchies over here, they're pretty cool, right? Let's let's focus on that one star, two star. All right, man, uh, not my best day. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so it's like it's not it's not a clear answer, sorry, James. Right. But I just I think that um, different scenarios call for different yeah. things to look at. Yeah. But it's 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 a lot to unpack. Yeah, certainly, uh, people in a leadership position uh, should be held accountable and face consequences um, uh, for this type of behavior. I, I guess when I was asking my question, I was, I was more um, just thinking about like being around people, whether, whether it's like uh, friends, family members, uh, you know, people that you can't necessarily avoid or, or who are, who are maybe even doing something a, a little bit dialed up from like the, the like uh, you mentioned like subtleties of bias, right. Of like um, the, the, the scene with men who are doctors, but the same scene with women, they're nurses. And I think that's a really great example of, of just like, well, I didn't mean to, and I don't mean anything by it. And and maybe take make, take the concept of that and dial it up uh, uh, one more. And I just you just kind of get the, this this little like in my mind a picture of like uh, somebody who makes these thing these comments that you would really have to analyze. You'd have to you'd be like, let's stop and talk about this for like ten minutes, uh, not just be like, hey, you know, that's that's uh, not an okay word. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like, well, here's here's the societal structure that leads you to make that association instead of this. Um, you know, there's there's that and then there's also just the you know, even like in in your family, in anybody's family, it's it's it can be tough to like um be around people who are especially have, you know, racist uh, or or sexist um leanings or or just uh total outlooks on life um and uh yeah sometimes i I guess it it can be as easy as as being like unfollow on on facebook or or kind of shut yourself off from communicating with those people but i wonder if a more effective uh solution toward real change is is to have an extra degree of patience and empathy which Mm -hmm. 
not to pile on a bunch of points here, but but like the, my, my, the then where I get into a problem with that is that like, well, already you've got people who are probably more self-reflective and more doing more um, personal work to uh, kind of like um, create positive social change. And then you're, you got to ask that much more to pull up the slack from people who are uh, less willing or unwilling to do that. Uh, and even if it does create more positive change to treat uh, people with, uh, extra patience, extra empathy. It just seems like it's asking so much of people who are already probably doing that a lot uh, in, in many other ways. Uh, it's tough for me to, to, to think about what the what the right best answer is. Right, right. Well, it's, it's, it's multifactorial because it's it's not just uh, like, I'm not going to go and tell my grandma, like, who's 93, like, hey, grandma, you can't say that anymore. Like, right. she doesn't remember. <laughs> and, you know, yes. And like, yeah. I think it's it, it, it's it's an all encompassing thing where it's not just you know what you can do as an individual, but it's pushing for education and the totally wants to change and right. um, it's it's not something that happens overnight. It's like a it's a very long term effort. I think that's a thing too, is especially mm -hmm. on like a personal level with people and families and things like that. That it, there might be something that you say it's not going to soak in the first time, and you're not going to change someone's mind maybe. But it, at least the, the having the 10 minute conversation, it, I, I think that sometimes most people <laughs> will let something sink in, but it might take years to really right. kind of reflect back on it, um, which is that's exhausting. Yeah, to think about. But it's also kind of like, well, I mean, we've been in, raised in a society in a certain way. It's it's a lot there's a lot that we're all unlearning and relearning and changing. So it does, it's not something that, you know, you just like, if I work out for 30 days, I get this, this nice new bicep. It's not like that. It's, it's yeah. way more complicated than that. So yeah. It, well, it is exhausting to think about. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you when it happens for me is when I, when I uh, try to go to sleep before I'm actually tired. Um, and uh, uh, all, every little social uh, crime that I've yep. committed in, in my life will uh, start floating around my head and I'll, and I'll just uh, like, and, and, it, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then I'll be up uh, until sunrise. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, maybe it, it really uh, probably what I should be doing is finding time to like uh, essentially meditate um, or self-reflect in uh, uh, designated ways instead of um, when it creeps up. Uh, at, at its least convenient time. Yeah, yeah, when you're trying just to and sleep, yeah. I, I feel sorry <laughs> yeah. for some people like that I've interacted with because when I have those moments, like the next time I see them, like, hey, man, remember four years ago we were in that show and I said this one, like most of the time they not remember, like, I, yeah. I'm just so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I just... Like, yeah, you're going around I, making I, amends, yeah. <laughs> I, but I think, we, like, even... And I, I don't want to do it for me. I want to do it for them. And I think that's something we should also talk about when you do make those mistakes. You know, part of that, part of that asking for forgiveness, I think helps makes the lesson stick a little bit more. You know, if, if you have to do that, if you have to do that, that extra step and to make amends, um, it really sticks because, because that's very uncomfortable. And I think a lot of this stuff comes from people trying to be overly comfort and try to comfort themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch down because that blowing out someone else's candle makes my candle brighter. 
but if you have to go relight that candle, that's an extra step that feels weird and that's more uncomfortable. So maybe that's, that gives you a, uh, I don't know, like a bookmark of, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel this way. I want to make someone else feel this way. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's just try to be better. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's, it's un- I think that's a good point because I've had a lot of experience with being very uncomfortable lately. Um, not in comedy necessarily, but in other aspects of what I've been doing. Um, I've been doing a big project where I've been trying to help a lot of SLPs update their school materials and have more diverse folks in their, their resources that they're showing to kids. Um, and it's been an uncomfortable space for me because it's, it's unknown. I'm doing a lot of reflecting on like, how do I navigate this without being a savior, without being, um, without trying to like get approval and glory for something that like, like, I'm like, Oh, I'm giving all this stuff that's diverse and inclusive. Aren't I so great. And it's like, there's like this weird, um, performative allyship thing that you, you jump, you kind of go into and it's uncomfortable. It's the, the, the space is also unfamiliar. So when you're stepping out of like, what's familiar to you, and kind of growing it's not going to be like flags and us all holding hands it's going to feel weird and that's okay life is weird everyone should get comfortable with the fact that it doesn't it's like ugh, like that's life like, it's not yeah. <laughs> i want that t-shirt yeah this is like yeah. describe life in one word right, <laughs> right. And that yeah life. you're born and then you die <laughs> that's life kid but the, yeah, that's like part of being human in, in the, like what you said, Bob was like, um, that people may want to go back and be like, apologize to people who are like, what scene, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but I think it's like, I think the fact that I, cause I, I did have a friend who I, uh, I grew up with and I, I had a conversation with recently and I said, you know, we've made some really mean jokes about your family and you when we were in high school and we were in college and I'm, I'm really sorry about it. And I said, I, I don't, I'm not apologizing out of a sense of guilt. I'm apologizing out of sense. I just want to acknowledge that mm-hmm. this happened to you and I perpetuated. I think that's a difference between being like, oh, I'm so guilty. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm a good person yeah. now though. Yeah. You know, I think there's a difference. Cut myself between, on the back because now yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I think there's a difference between, thing. yeah. Yeah. Like acknowledging like, okay, I did this in a scene to someone or I made this joke at some point. It was kind of weird. And looking back on that, and I think that depending on your relationship with that person, that it's, I think it's appropriate to say, you know, I acknowledge this. And a lot of people after I posted that thing, <laughs> messaged me and said stuff. And it was nice. And it was, it was a good um, thing that kind of felt like it was moving our friendships forward. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. I mean, a, a great example of uh, how you, you, you said you, you questioned whether or not you should post it, but like, opening up a dialogue to talk about it and um, being uh, uh, the first to break the seal on like uh, acknowledging this type of thing. um, It can really do a lot of good to just like get the conversation started and uh, lead to a lot of really positive uh, changes. Right. Right. Yeah. Just, just talk about it. Just talk about your feelings. You know, so I, I have one more, uh, I, I guess, relatively lighter question uh, that I'm genuinely just curious about uh, for you two is is that um, how much how much uh, do you think that like the comedy landscape can 
and does affect um, people's uh, use of humor. Like, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm just kind of like wondering, like, uh, what the relationship is between people who are not in the comedy scene but still being affected by what happens in the comedy scene because there's like a sort of, um, you know, zeitgeist shift of what we find funny and and how we yes. portray things. Yes. Yes. This, this is why kind of why I thought about this stuff a lot because I bounce back and forth between this very serious um, thing in my speech pathology world and then go to our comedy scene. And right. then in the middle of that is like meme accounts. <laughs> and there's yes, like yep. meme accounts that are ran <laughs> by speech pathologist. And you're like, what is it doing? <laughs> like, and you're yeah. just like, and then there's one time it was like right after the, um, the the they stormed the Capitol. Mm -hmm. It was like that day. The speech pathology meme account made a meme about like somebody was dragging a podium out and made it like a meme about how like it was like a convention that we all have every year of like picking up materials for. It was a joke about like something related to our field, but like kind of tying in what just happened at the Capitol. And a lot of people were like, dude, too soon. Like people are still crying over this. And like, it was horrible to see on the news and this glass breaking and people pounding on the doors. And you posted this thing in the afternoon of that. And like, it oh, was yeah, a wow. point where like, <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like this person doesn't know how to use comedy. And then they're throwing it in this other space of like, yeah, speech pathology isn't like known for being funny. You know, like it, it sure, was like yeah. this weird thing that like, I'm like, okay, as somebody who like thinks about content, I'm like, your meme account sucks, you know? And, like, <laughs> I think a lot of us like have that moment where like, you'll yeah. see how people are using humor in different spaces and you're like, what are you doing? Quit yeah. Yeah. And I've seen, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, like a, to me, I've seen a shift of like optimistic or positive characters. Um, uh, it, it, like uh, Sam Richardson's character. Uh, Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. Yeah, Johnny Lasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Lasso is my Lasso's not a great name. Uh, I mean, like, Johnny Lasso is the, the comic book superhero hey. version of Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Ted Lasso and um, uh, Sam Richardson on Veep and, um, oh, I forget the character's name, uh, but on Love, um, uh, Gillian Anderson's, um, or, yeah. Yes, I know you're I'm, about, I'm, yes. I, yeah, uh, the, the roommate, um, the Australian roommate, who's just like super positive, and, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wonder how much that has a ripple effect to like the audience being like, now we think optimism is funny uh, and like the way to be. Uh, yeah. You know? Oh, there is a lot of research about what's called um, symbolic annihilation, and it's like when you see a character performed a certain way, it does affect like kids especially too. So I think there's like certain things that like we could like look at. I know it's like a whole other world of a conversation yeah, but there yeah. is stuff about like what is in culture what is in art and what is in um obviously that stuff reflects what society is doing but then also right. um when people see people being depicted in a certain way and you're growing up looking at that you do have a different perception of yourself or you know it does perpetuate something like a stereotype or you know. yeah yeah so I, I think it i think it does impact it a lot yeah i think also comedy is a weird thing because people have been funny who never took a comedy class. So they've had moments where they said something funny. So they think they know what comedy is. Yeah. So they can't break down a joke. Like you, you said that in the beginning, Molly. And 
I think they learn cadence from what they watch. So they can say something mean, but using a, a comedic cadence. And they think that's funny. Those moments where you think, oh, you can't take a joke. No, you insulted my weight, my face, my my race, my family, my my income. No, but you you did it in a joking way. Doesn't yeah. make it okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah. something people need to learn um, because they think they're being funny. I, I I hope their intent is to be funny, but maybe that subconsciously it's not. Um, and I think the latter or the, the person whose intent is to be funny could learn something. And if we give him, like, like James said, if we have patience with that person, like, yeah, this is, this is why it isn't funny and just mm -hmm. educate them. Hopefully we could turn that around. Like, you know, what? be smarter, punch up. Yeah. Or, yeah. or don't punch at all. Why right. do you got punch? You right. Know? I think, it, and it's easy to become divisive too and flip it and say, well, all these people are doing this. And then that makes people like step back and then you're not approachable. And then, you know, you can't have these conversations where this is what needs to happen to move forward is have a space that, you know, people aren't going to be like, like we talked about earlier, James, people being like canceled, you're gone, you're gone. I'm not talking to you anymore. Yeah. Censored. Like, I think that's, there's a difference between why things are canceled, like Harvey Weinstein and because justice isn't being served kind of stuff versus yeah. mm -hmm you know, you know, let's talk about why this person, this person wasn't okay with this in this instance. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Stuart Smiley, uh, that guy, I can't think of his real name. Uh, oh, the senator took the inappropriate picture where he oh. was. Uh, oh, oh, Al Franken? Yeah, Stuart Smiley. <laughs> I guess I didn't know. His... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm older than you. I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think there's a guy who regrets that joke and was doing a lot of good who, who probably would apologize. I, I don't want to speak for the, the man, but uh, I, I think bet. he did apologize. Right. I mean, Oh I, yeah, I think he did. Uh, yeah. I think he did. And then he stepped down. Yeah. I mean, that that's to me, that's even a bigger apology. Like I don't even deserve to, to be a leader uh, yeah. until I learn how to make better decisions. So that, I think that's a great example. Yeah. Well, do better. Uh, do better. <laughs> do better. And remember, oh, yeah. it's what just a series of edits. I hate saying just do better because it doesn't yeah. say what to do. Oh, that's where true. I'm just more about like, you know, asking somebody in a moment, what is the joke? You know, what the, finding things, what to do in the moment, finding things, what to do for yourself and to study and to learn about biases. I think that's a start. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining, Molly. Um, before we wrap up here, is there uh, anything you're doing uh, that you want to plug or um, yeah. places that people can follow you? Yeah. Um, my uh, my friends and I were publishing our second issue of Ugly Magazine. It's coming oh. out uh, this April. We're sending it out. So uglygoose.com is our nice. website that you could subscribe to. Um, obviously, like Sean Golden and Alex Bergman's and, and Doug Colbitz are involved also. Um, so just I'll plug that. And yeah, I have the first magazine. I love it. Uh, or I can't wait to get the second one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Same. Yeah. So yeah, that's coming. Yes. We will look forward to that. Uh, you said it's being released in April, sent out in April. Yes. This month. Yep. Great. Our second issue. Yep. So if you, cool. if, you, if you subscribe like now, you can still get our back issue. Nice. Ooh. Two. Yeah. Sweet twofer. All right. Um, awesome. Well, uh, Again, thank you so much. It's been a really great conversation uh, and a very important one. And um, I hope that uh, we have uh, somebody listening is thinking about these things in different ways um, that would make 
uh, all of us very happy. Um, uh, shout out to Sean. What up? Uh, miss you. Haven't seen you in a while. Let's catch up. Let's let's yeah. Let's, uh, Why let's you come hang. on, Sean? Let's Zoom hang. Yeah, yeah, we should have Sean on. Yeah, Sean knows about improv. He can come on. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we know Sean from improv. <laughs> we know Sean from. <laughs> uh, and and to Pete, um, love you, buddy. Uh, buddy. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. And um, you can catch us every Sunday at one p.m. Remember to go to the improvnetwork.org where you can find um, all sorts of really great blogs oh, and ugly, interviews. Ugly, ugly goofs. <laughs> Goose? <laughs> oh, I heard goose as well. I heard goose. As well. I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry. I messed up. I didn't say it clearly. No, no, no. Uh, uh, editorial. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, can I? Oh man. Okay, I'll go back and delete the other ones. That's okay. It's okay. We no, said it. No, honestly, honestly, I should. I should have commented. I'd be like, it's ugly goose. Why is it ugly goose? <laughs> We got that quiet for a second. I'm like, maybe I should have said that. But I was okay. So funny. Uh, yeah, honestly, I was like, well, let's okay. do research and see what kind of company Ugly Goose is. We might yeah. want to promote them as well. Yeah. Let's not yeah, judge too sure. quick, guys. Right. You're right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ugly Goofs is the uh, website. Ugly Goofs and it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> And, uh, and and the improvnetwork.org. Uh, go there to check out all the resources that we have to offer for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Improv Network podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.